Welcome to Resilience Unraveled. Hi everybody and welcome to Resilience Unraveled, a podcast that examines all aspects of personal and organisational resilience. A huge all-encompassing subject that covers the ability to thrive in life by harnessing your cognitive, emotional, physiological and contextual abilities. I share stories from people who have thrived despite remarkable obstacles, as well as highly successful practitioners and experts across a range of topics. And this podcast introduces their amazing stories and expertise, as well as my own reflections, perspectives, strategies and tips, which come from my own synthesis of themes and trends from wider learning. You can go to qedod.com forward slash extras to access offers, tools and resources, including free articles and eBooks. For those of you that would be interested in supporting our work and contributing more proactively, you can find our new Patreon page at patreon.com. Then search for Resilience Space Unraveled. So, let's get started. Enjoy the show. Hey, and welcome back to Resilience Unraveled. And today, a guest from across the pond, it's Jay Schiffman. Hi, Jay, how are you doing? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. We've had a bit of a chat before this episode and discovered that we're both fans of uh, Douglas Adams' Hitchhiker's Guide to Galaxy. So we, we, we both know that the answer to this podcast is 42. Yes, it is. That's right. <laughs> so anyway, Jay, tell us a bit about yourself. Yeah, so I am a uh, speaker, a storyteller, and a podcast and event host over here in the U.S., I am located in Philadelphia. I live here with my wife and our dog. And I'm a guy in long-term recovery who's made it his mission in life to help end stigma and promote honest and fact-based education around mental health, substance misuse and recovery and drug use and policy. Blimey. It's like you've said that before a couple of times. That was brilliant. <laughs> that was right. Well, let's unpack a little bit of that. So talk to me about the talk to me about the um the addictive side, the the misuse and all that sort of things and the mental health stuff. Yeah, so I entered recovery in 2010 after uh, a, a good half a decade of struggle with my mental health and substance misuse that came from a misdiagnosis uh, in, in my teenage years, I was overprescribed uh, uh, medication, and so I ended up struggling with misuse and addiction to a number of uh, prescription pills. And uh, since I've been in recovery for the last six years, I've made it my, my business to talk about it. I think that it's time for those of us who struggle to, as, as a good friend and mentor of mine, Tim Harrington says, get out of the church basements and start using our voice. So uh, I, I, I just am so passionate about this work. And and I truly believe that to help end the incredible pandemic, uh, you know, outside of obviously coronavirus, uh, but of people struggling with misuse and, and overdose, we have to talk about this. We have to break down that wall of stigma and we have to promote honest and fact-based education. Brilliant. And one of the things I like about what you've said is that uh, we've, we've dealt with people with alcohol, gambling, you know, all sorts of different forms of uh, addiction, but actually yours is a... It's a very common thing, and and it's not it's not the usual form of addiction, isn't it? This this you know often people have very legitimate illnesses that have led to the need for pres prescription drugs, and you find yourselves addic addicted to them. Is that? I mean, you know, is uh, roughly that's where you were, I'm guessing. 
Yeah, you know, I, I want to highlight something you said, and that is that um, it, it is, it's not that it's not the norm. What's unfortunate is that it's not the norm in terms of the narrative. And so I can't tell you, I honestly cannot count how many people since I've started doing this work have come out of the woodwork, people I knew in high school, uh, to say my story is eerily similar to yours. Uh, but in this narrative that we allow around addiction, around misuse, around mental health, it doesn't fit because we were told for, for decades that the only people who struggle with addiction are, are degenerates who pick up and all that you know BS. So uh, unfortunately, it is very common, but we're starting to hear more about it right now. And that's why it kind of catches people off, off guard. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, because actually, you, you are right, it's much more common than people think. And it's, and it, and it can be relatively, you know, innocent drugs that start you off, because you might have a depression or, a, you know, whatever it might be. Um, and you end up, you know, hooked to these things. And, you know, it could be, um, you know, an illness or something or a, um, a pain, pain medication, and suddenly you find yourself in a terrible place. And, and I was interested when you were uh, when we were chatting about this, uh, and I'm looking at your website, it says that you just basically decided to to really get yourself off the prescriptions. I mean, that's that's quite a big that's that's quite a big bold claim. How did you go about that? You know, Russell, you're 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 sadly very right. It is a big bold claim. Uh, I'm I'm talking to someone right now, uh, sort of mentoring a young a young woman who is going through that right now. And what's really hard about it is that if it going back to your earlier point, which is a great one, if I had been let's say uh, addicted to something like meth or heroin, and I said I want to get off these drugs, literally everybody would would help me. They'd applaud me. Um, but when you're trying to come off of prescription pills, you have have the opposite. Everybody's saying, well, are you sure? You know, the doctor says you still need this. Uh, and so it's a lot harder. You have to trust yourself. And, and that's what I did. I just, after half a decade of this stuff, um, a, a full over a decade of actually being on medication, I decided that I wanted to know what it was like to live without it. Um, the drugs were not making me better. In fact, they were making me worse. And uh, that's why I attempted suicide was I'd given up hope. And so I finally said, look, it's not like I can get any worse, you know, uh, that there is not a worse. I am as bad as it's going to get. Let's see what happens. And so uh, fortunately for me, my grandmother, who I love with all of my heart, still is my best friend to this day, uh, was willing to say, look, uh, I'll let you come try this experiment in my house, um, mostly because she recognized that if she didn't take me in, I was going to be doing this on a street corner somewhere. So uh, I give her all the credit in the world. Uh, and, and it took me almost four months of going through what's called step down detox, where you take a little bit less uh, every couple of days. It's basically the opposite of cold turkey. Um, and, and, you know, luckily for me, I, I, I made it, but it is very scary and it's very hard. No, that's a critical thing you've said there, Jay, isn't it? Because some people attempt to go cold turkey or the don't do it with medical supervision or they just decide to take that, you know, just make a decision and go for it. And that's different to your approach. So, so what help, what advice guidance did you get? Because, because the ability to step down is actually quite tricky, isn't it? And it needs to be done in a managed sort of way, doesn't it? It, it very much does. Um, I, I really appreciate, Russell, that you want to highlight this because we have been misled by by popular media, movies, TV, that cold turkey is, is how you do it. 
And in reality, the the failure rate, and by failure, I mean really averse health effects, is sky high when it comes to cold turkey. Uh, so sad. This I hate telling the story, but a good friend of mine, she lost her brother a year ago uh, because he tried to go cold turkey from alcohol, and uh, it killed him. And, and and unfortunately, that message doesn't get out there. We think that that's the way to do it. Uh, getting off these drugs is incredibly difficult and incredibly dangerous, no matter how you do it. Uh, luckily for me, as you said, I did have guidance. I had a therapist who uh, I went to and I basically said, look, uh, you are not going to convince me to stay on these drugs. However, I would like you to help me get get off of them. And she said, well, if I can't convince you to stay on it, I'll, I'll make sure you get off them safely. Um, and I saw her every three weeks to a month to make sure I was going at the proper speed. Uh, it is incredibly difficult. Um, it is painful. It is just hell. But uh, when you do it that way, the chances of suffering an adverse uh, health effect is a lot lower. Yes. Now, I'm really pleased you've highlighted that as well, because I think sometimes when we make the decision, we think that's the end of the journey. And we forget that's the beginning of the journey. Yes. <laughs> in fact, that's the end of the beginning of the whole process, isn't it? But you're still at the beginning. And I think one of the challenges here is that that chance, you know, that withdrawal thing can test your, your resolve, it can test your resilience, your mental health itself, because it's, it's, it's pretty horrible going through it. But, and the hope is that you'll be better at the other end. But actually, there's still more work to do, even when you're, you're clear of the drugs, I'm guessing. That's such a great point, and thank you again. You're you're hitting on all the cylinders right now, Russell. Uh, I, I make this joke a lot that we see this in movies all the time, where the guy leaves rehab and he throws up his arms and he's all better. And that is such a load of BS. <laughs> it is, as you perfectly just said, the end of the beginning. Uh, going through step down detox took me almost four months. I truly believe that actually healing took me almost five years yeah. I, I i truly felt after five years that my my maturity my my mental fortitude my physical health had all finally caught up with my age it took me that long um and unfortunately people don't get support there you know they leave a re rehab they they're told they're in you know in recovery and then they say okay now just go to 12 step well no 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 you have yet to treat the underlying issues. You need to be in therapy. You need to be in a recovery home. You need to be treating this like you've just, uh, you know, entered remission from cancer and doing all the follow-up work. But we don't do that for people who are struggling with substance misuse and addiction. Yeah, I'm so pleased you said that. It's um, it's almost as if that it's almost as if that when you're finally clear, the therapy takes it bites somehow. Somehow it actually has a bit more significance. It's it seems to be more real in a way, doesn't it? It's, it's, it's and as a, as a speaker, as a therapist myself, you often find people do go through therapy when they're, when they're on the drugs, but actually it's, it's only when they're really off them that they can actually have the clarity. They can actually feel what it's like to be themselves again, because until that point, you, they've often been wandering around in a bit of a haze. Yeah, that's that's a hundred percent correct. Uh, again, this young woman that I'm I'm working with right now, I told her this is a stu a two step process. First, you got to get off the drugs, and and then you need to focus on you. You know, figure out why you are struggling, figure out the underlying issues, take care of yourself. These are two distinct processes; they cannot be combined if you want to to, to truly heal. Yeah, absolutely. So you get clear. You have your therapy. Um, 
and then basically you decide to de dedicate yourself to to paying back in a sense and I, I know that's a bit of a glib phrase but in your sense that's actually true isn't it so tell me what tell me what it, it's no you are 100 percent right I, I i don't think it's a glib i mean i was doing this work on the side from 2016 to 2019 um, like, like I've said, or actually 15 to 19, I, I told my story for the first time in the fall of, of, of uh, 15, uh, because I finally sort of uh, in, uh, decided to say, you know, forget the stigma, I'm going to tell my story. And um, it immediately set this, this ball rolling. And then in 2019, I, I had just gotten married, and I was working with a career coach, and I finally went through her help decided that if I am not dedicating myself to this work, I am not using my second chance in this world to the full extent. You know, we live in a world where so sadly, a vast majority of people never actually get their first chance in life. You know, their 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 life is unfortunately very much pre, uh, predisposed by where they're born, who they are, all that kind of stuff. As a person coming from immense, immense privilege, and getting a second chance in this world, I knew I needed to dedicate my life to this work. And so in 2019, I launched this uh, my side business full time. And since then have been dedicating almost literally every waking hour to this work. Yeah, uh, that's brilliant. I mean, uh, absolutely fantastic. And you're in, um, you're, are you in Philadelphia now or in, still, still in Cincinnati? No, so I was born and raised in Cincinnati. Uh, my wife and I lived in Charleston, South Carolina for two years, and I moved to Philly uh, four months ago. Wow. And, and so, so basically, you, you fill your time with fundraising, is that right? And as well as this work? So I, I used to work in fundraising. I spent about a decade in, in nonprofit fundraising and uh, nonprofit and polit political fundraising. Uh, and I still do that on the side of, I'm on the board of a local organization here and I consult on occasion with other ones. Uh, but this work is full-time, you know, the, the, between the podcast, the, the multiple live events, uh, the book coming out next year, um, th there's, there's a lot of work that goes into those, those two twin goals of ending stigma and promoting honest and fact-based education. So uh, I, it is a full-time job that I am incredibly lucky to have a supportive wife um, and, and a, a fantastic team around me that helps me with this because uh, you, I, I cannot do this alone. Yeah, I get it. And I'm guessing you deal with male, male and females and other genders as well, but um it, there seems to be a particular stigma f f with guys, isn't there, in, in the mental health world? I mean, I just wonder what your take is on that. No, I completely agree. Uh, I do work with all genders, and um, it, there is a different, a bit of a different approach to uh, your 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 preferred gender and how you interact with the world. Of course, however, men are not supposed to talk about these things. Uh, we are supposed to be stoic. And uh, I think that's changing. You know, the, the younger generation, uh, quite frankly, just doesn't care about gender. And I love that. Uh, and, I, and I think that is changing. However, for most of us, we still have to fight against that uh, every day that, that men are supposed to be quiet and, and hold this stuff in. Yeah, I mean, I, I noticed the phrase somewhere about being a man or, you know, stop talking like a man or stop being a man about things. You often see see these phrases i think on, one, on your podcast you've got an episode called that or something haven't you um i did yes yeah tell me a bit about that one. 
So, so that episode featured an incredible guest from the Middle East. Her name is Rahef Kobesi, uh, and I've been on her show. She's been on mine. Uh, her show is literally called Don't Be a Man About It, and it focuses entirely on uh, helping men uh, fight that stigma. Uh, so sad. She, she started this work after she lost her own father to suicide. And, uh, you know, she had no idea uh, because men don't talk about these things. And so uh, I, I am so in awe of people like her. And I say this a lot, that that people who go through trauma, most people uh, just getting through it, just processing, just continuing with their life, that's the best they can do. And that's amazing. We should celebrate it. For a very small percentage of people who go through trauma, myself included, we feel this this inner strength that says, all right, now I have to give back and help other people. So for people who do that, I, I mean, you just, uh, I, I know what that's like as I'm also part of that club and I just have all the love in the world for, for other people who turn their trauma into something to help others. Brilliant. And I see um, we've had some guests in common uh, looking at your uh, podcast role is um, Frank King. We yes. you know, had a great time, actually, and uh, we've seen two or, two or three of the addiction pod. I mean, we, we're wider than just addictions, and I know you're specialised in this area, but, um, you know, we've got some fairly similar guests. So that's good. So I, I know you've got some good guests on there. So um, <laughs> if people want to find out more about how you can help them, um, and, and the reason I'm slightly wrapping this up quicker than usual is that uh, you and I both know that we're fighting an internet problem today. <laughs> so uh, we're, 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 getting to the, we're getting to the meat and drink, the knife and fork bit quite quickly today. So I don't want you to lose the, the chance to tell people where you are and how to get hold of you, Jay. No worries at all. I, I, I'm happy to, um, you know, I, I say a couple things whenever I'm interviewed, whenever I speak. And the most important is, you know, some people say, yeah, reach out. With, no, no, no. I literally mean this. We, those of us who do this work, Frank is very similar. Uh, we have a saying, and in fact, I might have stolen this from Frank, uh, that we'd rather spend two hours listening to you today than two hours at your funeral tomorrow. Yeah. So I really mean this. Reach out. Um, people reach out to me all the time through social media. That's great. You can find me on social media at jshiffman.com. Nope, that's my website. You can find me on social media by searching Jay Schiffman or Choose Your Struggle. Uh, my website is jshiffman.com. Reach out through there. That's fine. Uh, the things we can talk about are, you know, I do coaching. Um, most of the time it's for people, like I said earlier, who are going through literal uh, situations just like mine. Uh, however, the things that I do all the time are I'm always looking for good guests for uh, my live storytelling events. If you want to tell your story, let's chat. Uh, if you want to uh, host an event, that's my number one is I speak all the time and I love doing it. I love, you know, making these calls for, for, for conversation. Uh, and, 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 you know, one of the things that my team and I are doing a lot of right now is hosting roundtables, bringing other speakers with us. So you're getting a whole multitude of people's uh, uh, experiences. Um, and if you want to talk about things like the war on drugs and, and have honest uh, education, I love doing that too. So uh, definitely reach out. And, and honestly, I just love hearing stories so if you want to tell me your story i'm all ears brilliant uh, so we've been listening to jay schiffman and that's with an f s-h-i-f-m-a-n because uh, we have got a very famous shipman in this country which is very different so jay schiffman.com <laughs> um and and the podcast is called remind me what the podcast called just just again jay yeah i haven't said that <laughs> it's choose your struggle which is the name of my company so just find choose your struggle wherever you get your podcast and next year a book's coming out as as if by magic 
That is that is right. Um, my 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 writer and I are working on that right now with the goal of releasing it early next year. Brilliant. All right, Jay. Well, look, I'm sorry we were truncated today, but um, maybe when that book comes out, you'll come back to us and talk a bit more in depth about the book and how that's working for you. Yeah, I'd love to, and we can talk more about Hitchhiker's Guide then. Oh, if only, and the rest of sci-fi, <laughs> sci-fi fantasy as well. So that would yes. be good. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, look, you you take care, and thanks very much for spending time with us today. Thanks so much, Russell. Cheers. Hi, everybody. I hope you found that episode useful and interesting. Feedback is always welcomed, and if you are in the mood to subscribe to us or even leave a comment on iTunes or Stitcher, that would be amazing. If you want to suggest ideas or even people you would like me to interview, then reach out to us at qedod.com forward slash contact. As I said earlier, you can go to qedod.com forward slash podcast for show notes or follow the links. And you can go to qedod.com forward slash extras to access offers, tools and resources, including free articles and ebooks. For those of you that would be interested in supporting our work and contributing more proactively, you can find our new Patreon page at patreon.com. Then search for Resilience Unraveled. I look forward to being in your ear next time around. Take care.